Join Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top. Find a great boss, find a great leader, and work for them, even if it means taking a step down or a lateral step or whatever it is, because that person is going to teach you so much. And if they're the great leader you think they are, they will take you with them. This is the Business Leadership Podcast, and I'm your host, Edwin Frandelzo. Welcome. How are you doing today? How's it going? Thank you for taking the time to join us today. This is episode number 88, and my guest today is Bob Moore. He's the country manager of Access Communications. Bob spent more than 15 years providing thought leadership and direction in smart video solutions. And as the country manager, he is responsible for all business operations in the region, including new business development and sales team leadership. Bob has been involved with Industry Leading Association and is the president for the Central Ontario Region Council, CANASA. Bob also holds a title for the treasurer for the Canadian Security Association. Over the past few years, Bob has become an influencer and change evangelist in a variety of areas. In our conversation, Bob shares that when he started his career, he was very proud and he he resisted help from others until he eventually realized that he cannot do everything on his own. We talk about why it's why it's important to listen to your inner voice when you are an emerging leader and for those who are starting out find out what the number one criteria is when you join an organization. Our sponsors today are Pungal, a business payment solution that helps remove business payment friction by making payments fast, connected, and easy to use. The Business Leadership Podcast is a friend of the ITWC Podcast Network and supported by our media partner, IT World Canada. Now here we go. Welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast, Bob. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. Super excited to have you. I got to just be fully transparent with uh, those listening. It took us a couple of minutes to get started here. So really, really excited. We had a lot of off chat with Bob. Uh, But I guess, Bob, why don't we just start off by introducing yourself. If you could tell the listeners a little bit something about who you are when you're not growing and, and leading a company. Okay, great. Well, I'm Bob Moore. I work for Access Communications. I'm the country manager there. I've been doing that for 14 years. And when I'm not working and leading my company, I am always looking for a new adventure. So whether it's dragging my wife for 10 days on a Algonquin canoe trip or trying out a houseboat for the first time, having never driven a boat or uh, mm-hmm. recently uh, traveling to Shanghai for Access's first retail forum there and exploring a brand new country and more importantly, a huge city, which was really exciting. Well, that's amazing. It sounds like you you have uh, you're able to get out there when you're not when you're not growing leading businesses. Um, I mean, you mentioned access communications. I'd love it if you could tell us your current role. I know you're the country manager. Maybe the responsibilities that are affiliated with that. And and Bob, what are you trying to accomplish now over the next six to twelve months? Okay, cool. So. I have to brag just a little bit. I think I have the world's greatest job on earth, partly because I work for Access Communications, but partly because of my role and responsibilities here. 
I'm in a unique position, uh, not being a CEO of the big corporation, of running a division that's fully operational in the sense that we can make all our decisions here in Canada for Canadian customers. So we have marketing, we have business development, we have inside, outside sales, and and other departments, but we don't do research and development or manufacture products. But without that, because we already have great products at Axis, we can really be nimble up here and try new things and uh, explore new frontiers for Axis as well as in the industry. So I don't have the headaches of the CEO, but I get all the benefits of uh, autonomy and independence. So it's been great. Oh, that's amazing. Congratulations on having that dream job and, and that dream role. I mean, that's a, aspirations of many, many listeners of the podcast because they're always trying to find how to get to maybe something that's ideal for them, right? Um, it could be, who knows, maybe you wanted to be a CEO, but now you realize, you know, I'm a mini CEO in a, in a multinational company, right? And for country managers and a little bit about access communications, Bob, like how many countries are there? Or that Axis is, is touching now? Well, Axis has a physical presence within over 50 countries across the globe. Uh, that's with physical offices and um, where we have distribution or people managing countries. I think almost every country that we're allowed to work in, uh, we have a physical presence of some sort. So truly a global company. Yeah. And one thing I mentioned before, and, and I, I just quickly said it, is Access Communications, Bob, is I have a little relationship with Access Communications on my first time being an entrepreneur when, believe it or not, Wi-Fi was not all over the place. And a couple of friends of mine were trying to build these wireless um, surveillance systems and trying to demo them. So I was really pumped to pumped to know that I was getting an opportunity to meet with you and interview you with that. So uh, thank you for providing those type of uh, solutions out there. No, thank you. I mean, when I joined the company back when you were experimenting with Axis, I had already thought I had won a dream job and we were, we were uh, nothing like we are today. I, I looked at the uh, industry back then. It was still also uh, analog for physical security. And it was hard to believe that everything was still connected with coax cables when Really, the whole world had already moved away from video stores, record stores, and to everything online. So to see a whole industry built on analog that the security industry was back when I joined in 2005 was really strange. So wireless would have been really crazy for those people back then. Yeah, definitely. Um, a little before, you know, off air, before we started, Bob, Bob was mentioning, we were talking about how he came to Toronto you know, moving around a number of times. I'd love it, Bob, if you could share with us some, maybe some difficult decisions that you had to make within business, within a role that maybe, and maybe in the hindsight you didn't know, but it actually eventually allowed you to to grow as a business leader. I think the biggest thing that I learned and that I faced and that I had to grow with is making hard decisions. And I know that sounds like a cliche and and letting things go. But, you know, I, I inherited a, a group of customers and channel partner members who had already been with Access up towards 20 years. And, you know, the partners that had got us to that point then might not be the same partners who would get us to, you know, a future 10 times growth. 
So some of the hard decisions I had to make early on were getting rid of some important distributors that have been with us forever, it seems, and you know, making changes with in some of our channel partner members. And, you know, over the years, uh, great employees who fit the organization when we were, you know, a lot smaller, you know, sometimes those people don't scale for a bigger group. And so you have to make those hard decisions where people you want to be loyal to, but for business reasons, uh, they, they no longer make sense. So those are some of the toughest things uh, that I've had to face. I mean, I am human, so nobody likes to do those things, but you know, in running a business, you do have to sometimes make those hard choices. Yeah, talk to me about that, Bob. I mean, for the listeners out there, they might be experiencing or going through this decision right now, um, whether they have to let go of a friend uh-huh. or maybe a, maybe a mentor or someone they worked with or a colleague they worked with for five, 10 years. Tell me about you know the thought process and maybe some best practices that they could do to not only get over it, but do it um, respectfully and, and understanding this is a you know this is a job of people still true true now when it comes to getting rid of a friend i would say you've learned your lesson you'll never hire a friend again right or a family member mm-hmm. or someone close to you because you know you may at some point have to make a decision that they're no longer right for your business i was part of a a a mentor leadership group called tech canada for several years And my biggest takeaway with that, working with like-minded leaders like myself in different different industries, it was a lot like group group therapy where someone would bring up a a problem they would have with an employee. And my experience was is that you can never rescue those employees that, you know, if, if you're talking about them in a way that are they really right for the organization, I think you've already made your decision. So my advice for your listeners would be, is to listen to inner voice. If you're if you're wondering whether or not an employee is right for the organization, there's a reason why you're wondering. And I'd say 98% of the time you should move forward to making that decision quicker than later um, versus holding out and keeping somebody who might, might end up being poisonous or cancerous to the organization. So he's it's always good just to be decisive and, and make that decision because uh, our inner voice, I think we, underestimate and it's almost always right yeah and, and that's that's really important point bob you make um you know that inner voice or that questioning or or, or the, those quiet moments where you're alone and you're wondering or questioning you probably already answered it just questioning it and it's things that yes. i also <laughs> i also go through depending with it's uh, you know partners i work with or or even like people who want to be on the podcast it's crazy like it's i think about those things as well so it's you got to really not only listen and understand why you're thinking about it so i appreciate you sharing that true and just before we uh, started the podcast we were discussing my technology trying to get on i won't i won't mention their name because i don't want to badmouth a, a company but i've i've now made a decision i need to move away from that technology so i can avoid those problems i mean if that doesn't tell you you should move on what will? Exactly. Except being in a very situation where it may be costing time and resources, right? Um, more time and more resources, I guess. Um, Bob, I just want to change gears. I know throughout your career, you you changed roles, you changed uh, organizations, and even responsibilities. Whether you're, you know, 
being in access for for a number of years. I'm wondering how do you continually how do you continually adjust and grow and continually grow as an effective leader? You know, um, there, I'll start with something not so positive as a, as a lesson toward being positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a period of time in my life where I, I guess I was younger and I thought I knew a lot and I was really far ahead of my career and I was really successful. And I went through a period of about five years where I, I just was immune or uh, just didn't want to listen and, and didn't want to to take advice and, and, and continue to improve myself. Cause I thought as the older you got, you know, you, you, you become a, you become like a fine diamond and, and nothing needs to improve. But what I would say that my biggest lesson that I've learned from that is that it, life is a continuous improvement. <clears throat> and it's strange to say that at my age now, I feel like I'm learning more each year than I'd, had learned in any other previous years. It feels exponential how much I learned. So uh, just being open to new experiences and to, you know, evaluate who you are and where your weaknesses are, or better yet, where your strengths are and and how do you continue to improve those? I think those are the biggest lessons I've learned um, through my career. So what do you think was the biggest catalyst for you, Bob, to really open yourself up to, to wanting to learn? I mean, you, shared the story where you may have been quote unquote overly confident in your own skills to a point where you're like, man, and this could be the present time. I really don't know anything. I need to learn more. I think it was a variety of things. I don't think there was one catalyst. I am a huge history buff. So i love reading history. And I, I think where, where this revelation happened is reading biographies and autobiographies of great people. I find out that, you know, not that I might become like them, but they were no different than I, and that, you know, they had their highs and lows and, and trials, and, you know, they remained humbled and, you know, didn't let those things hold them back and continue to always want to learn from experience. I mean, for example, uh, Abraham Lincoln lost so many elections, but then he won the presidency. So it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. really interesting to see what other people go through. And, and I realized then that uh, life is a continuous improvement and that uh, you, know, you should take it full on. Yeah. I mean, that's a great example with Abraham Lincoln and imagine he did win an election before becoming president. Maybe he would have never been president, right? Like maybe it was a sign that he wasn't supposed to take those roles. True. True. He kept losing to the same individual uh, for Senate <laughs> seat in Illinois and then ended up running against that same person for the presidency and won. So it is, it is is interesting to me to see the parallels in history and you can learn so much. I don't think people have changed that much over the uh, millennium. A hundred percent. And I mean, even with this, I mean, you're coming from a tech technology company. I come with a technology background and I'm super fascinated with technology. So I wanted to get your thoughts and, and, yeah, get your thoughts on things that are really, you know, aggressively changing, um, especially as I think about how we're going to lead, um, you know, the future, the the next generation workforce, especially with new innovations in the workplace, um, specifically art- artificial intelligence. So I'd love to get your thoughts on, on, on how are you preparing or how is your organization preparing for this now? Uh, very topical 
topic and my Bob more personal opinion on AI is that it's not anywhere near yet um, in a pure mm-hmm. aspect of, of AI. Uh, one book that has scared me to death is uh, The Singularity. Uh, if you've read that, I don't remember the not author's yet. name, but he puts together a very good theory on how machines and artificial intelligence will just escape mankind. Um, Elon Musk uh, refers to it a lot too. But I think the practicalities of AI are, aren't quite there. I think automation is a bigger thing. Um, and I think a lot of what people consider for AI is automation. And uh, for example, at McDonald's, uh, you can go to a kiosk and type in your order. You no longer need to use a person as a sense of automation. And that that's eliminating jobs. Uh, the same when I check out at the cash register, I can do self-checkout. In fact, in Shanghai, they have stores where you don't, even go through a checkout, everything's RFID chip, they know what you've bought, they credit it against your account, and you leave the store. So they're eliminating positions there too. Now, that isn't really artificial intelligence. In my mind, artificial intelligence is a way for learning new things. And I think that has a long way to go. Um, self-driving cars, you know, is, is a form of artificial intelligence, perhaps. Uh, but the deep learning algorithm on that needs a lot of help. I mean, in the last year, somebody died from a self-driven car or an automated car um, that didn't recognize that you know a person could be walking a bike next to a road. And of course, with deep learning, they would learn that you can't do that, but it's already too late. And then the last thing, uh, you know, I've always given advice to younger people at my organization, my kids, to find a role where AI or automation isn't going to take over your your job. And I, I think it's such a such a moving target. I I, I don't. I can't really predict what will be survive. I mean, dermatologists might be replaced by you know really strong algorithms that can detect you know the difference between a normal mole and you know something that's cancerous. So and do it better than the dermatologist. So a highly paid role like that might be outdone by automation. So you could call those all some form of artificial intelligence. But I think. AI is somewhat still out in the future. If you are enjoying this conversation and have any questions, comments, or feedback, please join me on my free private Facebook group where I share my daily insights, answer your questions, and connect you to like-minded business leaders. Go to thebusinessleadership.com slash FB group or simply search for it directly in Facebook by typing in the Business Leadership Group. Now let's get back to it. You bring up a lot of aspects where roles are being replaced by automation versus AI. So as we talk about automating a lot of business processes, a lot of jobs are may not be replaced but displaced or where the operator needs to upscale themselves. So is there things like that happening within your or- your personal organization or, or access globally now? Not quite yet. I think the thing that you would see that's most advanced in our industry is the ability to take terabytes of metadata after you know an awful event that happens way too often to be able to cycle through the video to do analysis. And that that is some sort of artificial intelligence, but it's really more about just pure processing power, and it still takes a human eye to 
at the end of the day to to make a, a good verification. So that you know, those things are all after the fact. I mean, someday they they predict that you'll be able to find out people are going to do bad things ahead of time through video, but. You know, we, we still have a, a lot of struggles with different high-level analytics, so I think that's, that's even further out. It certainly is a, a very hot topic for our industry, but with video, video being so complex, I mean, uh, Facebook, for example, still has a hard time um, through automated tools, monitoring what's, what's posted and what's real, what's not real, and how to get rid of uh, misinformation that could be harmful um, and they have, you know, up to 3,000 people on staff to, you know, go through texts because the system still can't do that for text. So for video, I think video being that much more complex than text, I think we're, we're at least, well, I'm not supposed to get predictions, but I, I don't feel like we're within an evolution or two of, you know, the next processing chip, you know, doubling in power uh, in two years from, uh, from this being there, I think. I think someone, uh, this is personal opinion, I think someone is going to come at AI from a completely different aspect and solve it. Um, I think all the ways we're trying to solve it today feel very linear in terms of its approach. And I think most transformative things happen where you don't expect it. So maybe someone in their garage has, has had a brainstorm and, and have thought this through and they'll, they'll figure it out. But I, I don't see it on the horizon today. Yeah, exactly. They're in their garage and they're probably 12 years older. Gosh, be young again. Um, you know, as you've led many, many people throughout your career, Bob, I'd love to get, uh, I mean, your thoughts on specific, maybe what one characteristics that you believe every emerging business leader should possess. Well, I think it's empathy. And I don't know if it's something you can teach yourself or if it's something you kind of learn along the way or you develop. But if, I think the best business leaders, and this ha- this has been one of my biggest surprises because growing up, I thought the, the people who ended up being business leaders were just ruthless and you know take prisoners at no cost, and you know just just bully their way through to become the leader. And what I've actually seen is that the best leaders have great empathy and they can really relate to people because they can see how it is in, in the other person's shoes. So you know it's much easier to create win-win situations. It's much easier to show authenticity and listening. I think without great empathy, I think, I think unless you're lucky and you're a really good bully, there's no way to be a successful leader. And I don't think being a bully is part of being a successful leader. Yeah, no, for sure. And do you, you know, as you are mentoring or seeing emerging leaders throughout your organizations or throughout your career, Bob, how can you tell someone is, you know, very good at empathy at this point or someone that, like you said, maybe it's not learned, but it's a little more natural, right? Uh, you know, how do you tell if someone is charismatic? I mean, that's, that's, that, I, I know that's separate from the question you asked, but I mean, that's, that's subjective. I think knowing if someone's empathetic, I think, you know, uh, one of my current leaders on my team has incredible empathy and I've, I've seen it from day one. And it's one reason why I elevated him to a leadership position. You can just tell by the way they speak to somebody, they, the way they listen, the way that uh, they keep, keep composure, which isn't necessarily empathy, but it's, you know, if, if you're empathetic, you know, you're not going to get 
upset, so you're just going to stay calm. And really, you know, if, if you see someone who's who's always arguing for win-win situations, and and you know the the best business leaders I've seen get those, then how can you lose if everybody wins, right? That's right. Perfect. No, I really appreciate that. I, I mean. As you were looking and thinking about someone very specific, I'm wondering if you could name a person who had a tremendous impact on you, Bob, as you as a, as a business leader. It could be anyone, maybe someone who had mentored you, uh, maybe it was someone that you don't even know. I've had a lot of great mentors, um, starting with my dad. But I would say that my uh, current mentor has been incredibly influential in, in my career. He's taught me so much. Um, it's Frederick Nilsson. He's the VP of Americas for Axis. And although he's from Sweden and wouldn't like me to say this because he's humble and being from Sweden, they don't like to people keep too much praise on them. I think he was incredibly influential in, in changing the security market from analog to, to digital. And I, and I, think without him, the market might have taken 10 years longer. He was he is that influential. So what he's taught me best for my own leadership is that he never really gives me too much direction. He's always been able to provide me a framework of questions to make decisions and really improve my decision making. I mean, I, I can never replicate him. It's just like, you know, no one can replicate being uh, LeBron James because you know he has certain physical attributes and he wouldn't be able to teach you how to how to post and how to hit threes and how to defend because unless you had his body and his skills you, you can't learn that. But you know although Frederick has different mental skills and capabilities than, than what I have, he's given me a framework in which to challenge my own self and and to be much better at, at decision making and it's a gift to me and it's a gift that. I feel like I've passed on to anybody who will listen. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I appreciate appreciate you sharing that. And it's definitely a testament of the people that you surround yourself with, right? And, and really learn from. Yes. So if I had career advice for anybody, I know you didn't ask me, is my career advice, and one of my daughters called me a few years ago, and she goes, Dad, I'm having a hard time deciding between two great jobs. And I said, well, don't think about the money. Don't think about the title. Think about who you're going to work for. Because my advice to, to any person, especially starting out their career, is find a great boss, find a great leader, and work for them. Even if it means taking a step down or a lateral step or whatever it is, because that person is going to teach you so much. And if they're the great leader you think they are, they will take you with them. And uh, Frederick certainly is a, a boss like that. And so when I met him for the first time in 2004 at an interview, it's like, I want to work for that guy so badly. So it's just something, you know, in your gut. No, that's, that's an amazing advice. I do appreciate you sharing that, Bob, because I mean, being able to learn from someone um, is, is an amazing, um, it's an amazing thing to have. A lot of people search their whole entire career for a, a, a mentor like that, right? So if you are able to f- feel that and you're stuck between two, I mean, it's almost it's one advice I gave Bob one time was find some references for that boss because you want to hear from people who say, oh, you have to work for Bob. 
Like you, if you have an uh, opportunity to work for him, then you should, right? Like you almost want to know who you're going to work for, right? True. It is one of my interview questions uh, as, as it gets further, further in, or even at a, at a first interview is, is I'll ask, you know, what have you learned about me? And the more that they've done research on me or really impressed me where they've, where they've interviewed people who know me to find out who I am as a leader, that impresses me a lot because uh, too many people make career choices. I, I don't know on what criteria, but I think who you work for should be the number one criteria in terms of uh, a job change or where you move. That's a that that's definitely the pro tip uh, of the day, um, Bob. I know you mentioned as you went along and learned how to improve yourself as a business leader. You read a lot of biographies, so I'm really interesting if if you're reading anything right now, maybe something specific when it comes to business leadership, or it could be other inspirational books or even other biographies. So the book that has impacted me most in the last couple of years is a book called Playing to Win. And it's written by uh, Roger Martin, who's now the dean of Rotman's Business School at U of T, which is a very prestigious business school. And I think A.J. Lafleg, who was the former CEO of Procter & Gamble. And I read the book, and it's the best book I've ever read on strategy. And uh, they use a lot of stories. And the story that impacted me most is on their paper towel division. So in the early 80s, they had decided on world domination. So they bought a ton of factories, distributors across the globe so that they could have world domination and paper towels in every market. What they found out is after a few years that the profit margins actually disappeared. And although they did get number one market share in many markets, it was at a cost that was not sustainable to a company because profit really is what's most important. So someone made the bold decision to focus. And strategy, according to the book, is really around focus. So they decided to focus on the markets that mattered most for what they produced. So that was the United States, Canada, and the UK, and they sold everything else. And what was powerful about that is that the results of that is that their top-line revenue grew two, three, four, I think even six times. But better yet, their profit margins grew incredibly so you know there is there is always the uh the temptation to try to do everything but i think uh there's a really good parable there that focus and focusing on a few things and being great at it is much better than trying to do everything that's great and the book was called playing to win i'll I'll post that to the episode podcast for those who are listening and really interested in and uh i did hear about that book and I, i'm still yet to read it i'm so behind on my on my list um fun question bob if i were to ask any of your team members it could be past or present colleagues peers what's the best leadership quality that bob possesses what do you think they would say uh, i think uh, the thing that i hear most from them is is that they consider me a visionary and it's it's sort of hard to talk about myself in that sense, you know, but it's the way my team describes it. So what they're always most impressed with with my leadership is that I'm able to see things ahead of the curve, see the trends early on. Um, So that's, that's what they appreciate most about me. And they shouldn't do it, but they trust me sometimes too much because of 
because of that, because they think that I'm infallible and nobody is, but that's, that's what they would think is my strong leadership mm-hmm. capability. That's amazing. Well, thank you for sharing. So what else is, what else is going on in, in the world of Bob? Do you have any other special projects, initiatives, or anything, anything super fun that you're, you're really excited, you're, lo- you're looking forward to? Well, now that my wife won't allow me to do multi-day canoe trips in the wilderness, harder to find those uh, those challenges but the one thing that's really uh, really excites me is and, and it's hard to believe in 2018 going on 2019 that there's still industries that are analog dominated and one of those industries is the pro AV market and you know it was 20 years ago that Napster and, and file sharing kind of disrupted the, the whole record industry. And then, you know, Blockbuster, you know, was displaced by Netflix and online to see an industry that's so, so closely associated with both of those still be heavily dependent on analog is shocking. So mm-hmm. uh, what excites me going on into the future is, you know, I had so much fun working on helping disrupt the market for physical security to go from analog to digital uh, I see that the next five to 10 years of my career and, and my efforts and where it'll be fun is, is seeing how that plays out in the pro AV market and how access can be a part of that. It should be really exciting. That's super exciting. And, uh, Definitely keep us up to date if there's anything Axis is doing that that's super special and maybe maybe love to get you back on or or someone within your team to talk about that as well. But before we end, Bob, I'd love to. I know you shared an amazing tip in terms of of uh, you know finding out who to work for. But do you have any other final thoughts? Some observations. Typically, you know, an actionable recommendation that you could share to the emerging business leaders who are listening today. Cool. Uh, I do. Um, Martin Grant is the co-founder of Access Communications, and and he sold the company off to Canon three or four years ago. So he still has an influential role within within Access, and he loves to travel like I do. But uh, unlike me, in 1984, he saw that TCPIP was going to be the basis of building a business. I heard TCPIP in my studies and thought, okay, another protocol will it be the one i don't know so a few years ago he he was visiting canada and i you know he's important he's the co-founder of my company and i ran out of important places to bring him so i brought him to one of my distributors that does low voltage communications and other things and i thought well you know what he can just see a day in my life you know visiting an important distributor so i brought him in there and it was the best two hours of our day or our visit. I mean, he spent more time there than anywhere else. And what I remarked about his visit is that his curiosity was beyond belief. He went up and down every aisle, asked questions about everything. And it was this curiosity that I realized that made him the person he is. So if I had any advice, long story short, for your listeners, is to always remain curious, always remain open to new ideas and experiences because it'll pay off huge in your life. I love that, Bob. Well, thank you for sharing that story. Um, so for those who are listening, be curious and be curious to, to what to, to what you're doing every day. So to close, Bob, can you share where we could find more information about you, Axis, or anything else you'd like to share with us today? Well, I would invite any of your listeners to connect with me through LinkedIn. 
and um, on Axis, uh, you can find everything on Axis.com. It's a great website. Bob, it was an absolute pleasure, and thank you for joining us on the Business Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much, Edwin. It was a blast. I appreciate it. That's it, Biz Leaders. Thank you for joining me on the Business Leadership Podcast, episode number 88 with Bob Moore. If you want to learn more about Bob, Access Communications, or anything else we discuss, please go to thebusinessleadership.com slash 088. Our sponsors today are Pongo, a business payment solution that helps remove business friction by making payments fast, connected, and easy to use. The Business Leadership Podcast is a friend of the ITWC Podcast Network and supported by our media partner, IT World Canada. Please join me on my free private Facebook group called the Business Leadership Group, where I share daily insights, answer your questions, and connect you with other like-minded leaders. Lastly, if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe on the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or wherever you're listening to the podcast today. Thank you again. Edwin signing off. Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com. Thank you.